0: If you're looking for the next best thing to invest in, try investing in your long-term health with Forward. Forward is intelligent medicine with a personal touch. Their doctors are dedicated to catching top killers like cancer and heart disease early, which could save you tens of thousands of dollars in the long run. So invest in a doctor that's invested in you. Visit GoForward.com to learn more about how Forward can help you manage your long-term health risks for one flat monthly fee. That's GoForward.com. It's no secret that writing can be lonely work, but does it really have to be? Whether you're full-time, part-time, or just starting out, you'll get
1: insights into the tricks, tips, and production habits of writers from every level of the biz. From best-selling authors to those launching their first novels, you're sure to be in the company of friends as we encourage great writers to divulge and share their secrets. This is the Great Writers Share Podcast with your host, best-selling author, Daniel Wilcox. Hello and welcome to the Great Writers Share podcast with me, Daniel Wilcox, where every week I hijack an hour or so of time from some of the kindest and hardest working writers around today to join me on the show and discuss everything that makes them tick, raw and bounce. Today's day as of recording is Wednesday the 11th of March, so this is actually going to go out on the day that the patrons get this episode, um, and by the time other people are hearing us on the feed, two days' time, for those who need the math... <laughs> Uh, I'll jump straight into my personal update. We've got a, a packed show today, so there's lots to get through. Um, I'm excited to announce that I'm currently sat in my long-sleeved Great Writers' Share jumper slash shirt. It's kind of like a middle ground, um, which is perfect for this kind of weather in England because it's it's not quite warm yet. Uh, it's coming out of the cold snap, so... It's uh, that perfect kind of balance to keep me warm. But it looks fantastic. And uh, I'm very, very happy to be sporting my own merch. As uh, long, longer-term listeners of the show know I've been uh, wanting to rep my own merch just because I'm an egotist. Um, but for anyone who does want to look at getting some merchandise from the show, uh, you can just go over to www.danielwilcox.com forward slash great writer's share. Um, and there's loads of information there about the show and how to get your hands on merchandise. So definitely check that out. I've got, uh, well, I, after last week's slam full of interviews, <laughs> I end up recording three interviews with people last week, uh, including this one and a couple more that we've got coming out that I'm very excited to share with you. Um, it's a much quieter week for myself this week, and I've deliberately left some gap so I can breathe and recover and focus on some of my fiction projects, but... As of next week, I'll be diving into an interview with Joanna Penn. So I just wanted to put a shout out on the podcast live that if anyone wants to get involved and ask Joanna any questions directly, as I know she's a, a bit of a powerhouse in terms of independent fiction, um, it's definitely, she's someone I've uh, spoken to on a couple of occasions before and she's fantastic. So if you want to ask her anything specific, then please either go over to www.patreon.com forward slash great Writers share, where you can support the show for as little as $1 a month, um, and that will give you priority in terms of the questions that are asked at the end of the interview. Or if you're interested in jumping over to the Facebook group, just go over to www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash great writers share links will be in the show notes for anyone that just wants to click over and not worrying about typing. Um, I'm, I'm afraid your questions in there. Uh, as I say, it's going to be definitely an interesting one. Every time I speak to Joanna, there's some kind of nuggets of wisdom that pop out. And definitely if you want the chance to ask her questions and get involved on either of those two routes, and it'll be well worth your while. My final little bit of update is that I am super excited and pumped at the minute, and uh, I I don't know if anyone will resonate with this, but there's always a point where you begin working on a project or you conceive of a project and you get sort of excited, you get into it, uh, and it doesn't really come alive really until you see the cover art. And I've just had a piece of cover art commissioned for a project that I mentioned previously, the fiction project that um, I'm not yet ready to dive into and let you guys know all about it, but I definitely will uh, (laughs) in the coming months. And oh my God, I'm so happy with the art that's come out. A couple of tweaks to be done, but it's very, it, it makes the whole thing seem real. The minute you can see a book cover, I really feel like it wraps everything together and gives you the, the vibe and the tone of everything you're trying to achieve. And it's just a fantastic reference point because if you can angle your book towards what you're telling your readers the book is going to be about by the first point of contact that they see, which is a the cover, then you're you're optimizing your chances for a home run. I'm not going to say it's going to guarantee success, but it's definitely going to increase your odds if you can convince someone with the cover of the book they're going to read and then deliver that story and just streamline the whole process. I think personally, for me, I've read a few books where the cover has promised one thing and then the story has promised another. And that's really that that gets sort of my, my hack was raised a little bit. I don't I don't enjoy that experience as much. So. Now I know what it's going to look like, I can gun down that avenue and I can really deliver the story that uh, I want to deliver. I'm so excited for it, Um, as you can probably tell by my voice. Uh, But enough about me. I'm going to give you a little bit of an overview on our guest today. So it's actually going to be my first ever double interview with the one and only HB Line, Holly Line and Angeline Trevina. Make sure I get that right as I got that wrong when we first started recording. (laughs) Um, And Holly and Angeline, uh, the author's... ...behind the Unstoppable Authors podcast. Um, they're the powerhouses behind the UK's Indie Fire Writers Conference... ...which is upcoming in May. Um, and we go a lot into collaboration and what their partnership looks like... ...and they've they've taken on a business partnership together that... Oh, <coughs> ...let me try again. <laughs> they Their business partners... Wow, I really cannot say this. But I'm going to leave this in because I feel like it's insane for me... ...let alone you guys. Their business partners... Uh, with the podcast and events and they are looking into becoming partners in terms of fiction and co-writing so for anyone who wants to look into that space and wants to find out a little bit more about collaboration and co-writing and how that can vary because it's individual to every single collaboration you you create Uh, we go quite in depth into how they got together the kind of things they're doing together how they manage it all Um, We also go a lot into running events so if anyone's thinking of running an event themselves we go a little bit into that Uh, and we talk a lot about their podcast and the transformations that that has taken um, along its journey over the last couple of years and how it died and then revived and all that wonderful good stuff so uh, definitely loads to dive into there. Uh, One final shout out for Patreon I mentioned it earlier so I'm not going to go into where you can jump onto Patreon but Just to say that any support that you pledge is massively supported um, from my side. Uh, This month's monthly giveaway is Dear Writer, You Need to Quit by Becca Syme. So if anyone wants to get involved in the monthly giveaway, then hop on over to Patreon and their support for as little as a dollar. And you can get involved to win a free book, which is one of the i I keep saying this every every week it's one of the best books i've read i wouldn't just say this year because it's been a short year but um definitely the last couple of years in terms of motivation and realigning what you should be doing in order to deliver and be as productive as you can be and it talks a lot about individualization which i i am a massive proponent of at the minute one final point of information before we go through into the interview is that uh I want to thank the people who answered last week's question, which was, how do you keep yourself motivated to achieve your writing goals? Um, and Holly, who is on this interview, so this is very, very appropriate, uh, and she goes a little bit into this in the actual interview herself, puts, um, having a business partner really helps me, but also accountability groups of other writers and announcing my plans to my readers really helps. Once it's out there, I have to make good on it. Uh, yeah, making making your accountability public is a massive help. Um, particularly when it comes to just knowing that there'll be people counting on you and you've declared that and the minute you say it out loud in front of people it just becomes all all the more real so definitely a a good tip there Holly thank you and looking forward to listening to your interview shortly (laughs) and uh, Dan Howarth says soul-crushing guilt for missing a writing session does it for me Absolutely. For, for me as well. Um, he, he continues. Generally, though, I compare what I do instead of writing to actually writing, as in, will this benefit my life more than writing? The answer is generally no. And that keeps me going. And I I am completely the same, Dan. Um, I it, it actually sounds like I've written that answer, but I, I haven't. Um, but I'm, I'm the same. I'll always if I find myself procrastinating, I will look back to how will I feel at the end of the day? How will I feel at the end of the week? Is this contributing to where I want to go? And nine times out of 10, the answer is no. Um, Sometimes you do need a break and that's okay. But nine times out of 10, you can normally say that watching that video on YouTube or answering that message on Facebook probably isn't actually getting you closer towards the goals that you're trying to reach. So definitely trying to put yourself in the shoes of who you will be further down the line and whether or not you'll appreciate or regret the decision you're currently making um, is a massive one. I I definitely resonate with that a lot. Um, Based off of this interview, next week's question is going to be, are you fiercely indie, hybrid or determined to go the traditional route? Tell me why. You can post your answer into the Facebook group on Patreon or just tag me on social media at Author, or use the hashtag GreatWritersShare. Without any further ado, let's dive into the interview with the one and, no, with the two and onlys, HB Line and Angeline Trevina. Line and Angeline Trevina are the power duo behind the Unstoppable Authors Podcast and the masterminds behind the UK's Indie Fire Writers Conference. They each write across the science fiction and fantasy genres, and I'd be doing a disservice if I didn't give each of them a highlight from their own respective bios. Angeline Trevina is a British science fiction, fantasy and horror author. Creator of the Paper Duchess series, she is best known for her feminist brand of dystopia. She's been writing stories since she was old enough to hold a pen, and after gaining a BA on's degree in drama and writing, she honed her craft with horror and fantasy shorts, which are published in numerous magazines and anthologies. H.B. known as Holly in this interview, has always lived close to the dark side, never quite mastering the ability to force choke, but contemplating it during dark times, as we all. These days, when not chasing two chaotic munchkins around, Holly somehow engineers time to write fantasy. Her series, Echoes of the Past, is a tale of one young shapeshifter's epic struggle to reconcile her humanity with her inner demon, whilst battling with very real demons who threaten both humans and shifters alike. Holly, Angeline, welcome to the show.
2: Hello. Hello.
1: Hey, it's fantastic to have you both. And uh, for long-term listeners of this podcast, this is the first interview where I'll be talking to two of you at once, which is uh, a little overwhelming on my part, but we'll, we'll power through <laughs> and we'll see how this goes. But the, the first question I wanted to throw out to you guys is, what is your origin story? How did the two of you start getting into business together?
2: Ah, oh, uh, wow. it it was an odd one, wasn't it, Holly? it was, yeah. <laughs> it was one of those weird moments because we we originally met on Facebook, didn't we? Yeah, <laughs> we yeah we originally met in the uh, we have both done the uh, Nick Stevenson's Your First Ten K Readers Course, and we actually mm-hmm. met in his Facebook group for people on that course, and I. I actually ended up accidentally organising a huge sci-fi and fantasy con at my local library. (laughs) It was a complete accident. And (laughs) and Holly wanted to come along and have a stall and that was the first time we actually physically met in person. And then there was this strange thing that happened where we both had the exact same idea pretty much at the exact same time after having met in person that we wanted yeah. to work together, didn't we? Yeah, yeah I,
3: I I thought I'd listened to Angeline's podcast. It was the Great Western Woods World Building Podcast and I'd noticed that it had stopped. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and I I was really itching to collaborate with somebody and we'd got along so well. And so I, I sent a message mm. saying, I was wondering, you know, like, we could maybe, like, restart your podcast together as a joint thing. And she was like, oh, my God, I have the same thought. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was like uh, this weird synchronicity. And so
2: here we are. Mm. Yeah, because Holly is the dependable, organised one. I'm the flaky one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so she compliments you, she's the yin to yang.
2: Yes, hundred yeah. percent. She yeah, makes yeah. me do stuff.
1: <laughs> and that's something that I definitely want to go into because, obviously, right away there you brought up collaboration, which is fantastic. And obviously, there's a reason there are two of you on the show. Um, had either of you thought of collaborating before, and what were your views on collaboration before you actually got into partnership with each other?
3: Yeah, like I, I hadn't, um, but I really wanted to. I there were a few people that I really looked up to who had fantastic collaborative working relationships, and I wanted a piece of that I suppose and um yeah but I I for a long time I didn't know how to even like how to initiate anything like that and I I didn't really have anyone in my life already that I felt was a good fit until I met Angeline
2: it's like a love story it is
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs)
2: i i had never thought of collaborating with anyone else because i'm just a total control freak (laughs) but but yeah it was it really was just one of those weird synchronicity just the universe aligning kind of things wasn't it Mm.
1: and what was it about each other specifically that that made you say yes because obviously when you go into collaboration there are a thousand things to consider there are um, friction points that people have and things that they're not willing to relent on and obviously choosing the right partner to collaborate on whether it is a podcast an event or a book is it, it is really difficult to take that leap and, and try and build that trust and engage in a way that's sort of for you both and helps you both so what was it specifically about each other um, without making each other blush <laughs> that made you think yes this is a good fit this is what I'm really going to go for
2: for me, the most important thing was that I felt we were both at the same point in our careers and our mm. goals aligned so well. And I think for any relationship, whether it's like a marriage or a friendship or anything, I think that is the most important thing mm. that you're both on the same page, at the same point, and ready to move forward in the same way together.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Because in the lead up to this, we were it we had like a little mastermind group that we were both part of and we'd been having like regular sort of goal setting um meetings like you know over the internet um with a few other people as well and we just really clicked didn't we and yeah just got on so well and so often we were having like complementary struggles and helping each other and so it just that was kind of the foundation of it really so we we knew each other quite well already um i wouldn't have made the decision to become partners with someone who i didn't already know quite well i think that you know that's the foundation of, of how mm. we got together and and why it
2: works so well of course we hate each other now yeah yeah can't stand
1: <laughs> each other now <laughs> that makes sense. How how do you manage the communication of your relationship? Because like you said, they it can sometimes be comparable to like a, a real relationship, like a, a romantic relationship, in some levels. Um, but how do you guys sort of manage communicating to each other? Do you have time for you to switch off, or is it very sort of um, all encompassing? I know some of my collaborations have literally felt like I've been in a romantic relationship with someone without all <laughs> of the other stuff. Um, but what's what's it like between you guys?
2: Um, we well, do we can, refer to each other as work wives, don't we? We do, yeah. <laughs> um, and whenever I say
3: partner to anyone, I always have to be like, business partner, business partner, <laughs> just to clarify. <laughs> we're not a couple. Um, but yeah, I mean, we communicate daily. We um, we have a, our own like little Discord chat and um, you know, we're always in touch with each other. And you know we certainly for my part anyway we if we have a problem if there's a if there's a bump we talk about it straight away and you know make sure that we know what is going on in each other's lives and if there's a problem that means we can't do as much work for the business then we you know we just just try to keep it open and you know I think that that's a big part of of why it's Working well, I really hope Angeline
2: agrees <laughs> no, I do, and I think it really helps that we are both busy mums with young mm. children because we 're totally understanding like if the if the other person is cancels last minute or is late to to a meet up or anything like that, we totally understand we can empathize with that mm. yeah and
1: for, for people who are looking to collaborate with someone, obviously you alluded there a little bit to the fact that honesty is very, very key and sort of being upfront and not trying to hide anything, just complete transparency is sort of crucial to um, collaboration. But do you guys have any tips for anyone out there who maybe is by themselves, maybe is thinking all oh, collaboration might be a way to go forward and, and how, what would you suggest to those to find a collaborator and potentially pursue that kind of route?
2: Oh, Going back to like the marriage anal- analogy again, don't jump into a partnership with somebody <laughs> that you've just met like yeah. we knew each other like like we said we knew each other online for quite a long time we'd done a lot of group chats together before we then met in person and then we decided so have have a long engagement before you get mm. married basically yeah. <laughs> because you know it's like when you move in with somebody you suddenly discover they have all these awful habits that you had <laughs> never noticed before
3: and what are <habits>? yeah no we're not gonna answer that one
1: (laughs) no I was just joking um but yeah you were saying about obviously um a long engagement obviously getting to Mm -hmm. be familiar with who you're working with um is there anything else around that that you'd sort of suggest
3: I think um be open to um to their input you know it's no good if you go into it with a set idea of exactly how it's going to work it's if it's a collaboration then it it goes two ways and you need to be a at least a bit flexible and, um, you know, really take on board what the other person is bringing to the relationship.
0: Mm.
1: Do you guys, because I'm always curious about this um, in terms of the actual, I guess, administration of uh, collaborations, do you guys have any paper things in place for the stuff that you're doing together or any sort of like agreement, or is it all very much a trust-based system at the minute between you guys?
2: You mean all the things we should have in place?
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I'm exactly the same. That's why I'm asking.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we we've talked about it so many times about oh, we should have contracts and mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But it is it is completely based on trust at the moment, isn't it?
3: It is, and it, you know we have like a shared bank account and stuff. Like there's there's a lot of trust involved. Um, but yeah, I think I mean we're we're obviously we're talking about co-writing together. Um, later this year and we've built a world uh, you know shared world that we're both going to write in and you know we definitely need to have a contract for that because we're talking about splitting royalties and stuff so I think you know it yeah it depends on the situation and exactly what's going on but so far touch wood it hasn't (laughs) really been necessary but it's definitely something we do need to address
1: (laughs) yeah and like I said I'm curious because I'm asking obviously for some of the collaborations I have myself and I'm very much in a similar situation with you guys. But I, I wonder if um, if you guys feel the same. There's almost like an, a level of, maybe fear is the wrong word, but there's an intensity that comes with presenting a piece of paper that says, okay, this is our established boundaries. And sometimes, hmm. for me anyways, it's, it's it feels nicer to have the trust-based system where it feels a lot more friendly and a lot more than, than sort of formalizing the process and saying, okay, here's the XYZs of... Of how we're going to operate do you guys agree
0: with that
2: yeah definitely yeah and i i'm i'm the worry i'm the one who will disappear off into the sunset with the money <laughs> if it's like any of us it will be me
1: there you go good to know i'm hoping that's not the exclusive thing you just announced on the podcast <laughs> and holly's more than aware of this um,
2: suddenly very nervous
1: <laughs>
2: yeah like uh oh yeah
1: but yeah, you spoke a little bit about um, co writing, which was something that I was going to ask as well, um, because obviously you guys have worked together on the podcast, which um, I want to go a little bit into the rebranding of all that as well a little bit later on. Um, you guys are running the event together, so you're sort of already, uh, I guess, knee deep into knowing how each other works, knowing sort of the positions that you take when you're working on these things. How are you looking to approach co writing, and does that vary in any particular way to the other projects that you're doing?
3: Yeah I think it's a completely new and different angle for us and like Angeline's already said about being a control freak Mm -hmm. and (laughs) um, we and I I talked about this when I interviewed you Jan we we decided we couldn't go all in and write one story together because we're both too controlling (laughs) so um, (laughs) having a shared world was like a compromise it's it's a halfway house Um, so yeah but it's it, it it feels because we're we're each writing our own novellas in one shared world we we have control over our own little bit and that's not at all how we work with everything else everything is a bit of both of us all the time so we both write our podcast scripts together we both you know will do bits of admin and bits of you know bits of editing and bits you know we we kind of spread all the tasks between us so the co-writing is different I think it feels quite different to me anyway
2: yeah definitely but I think writing fiction is such a personal thing mm. isn't it you know everyone talks about how like when you publish a book it's like publishing your baby and yeah. I, it is much more personal where it's like our Instagram account for example we post alternate days don't we yeah you know yeah. so But that's Instagram, you know, that's just bunging up a picture and (laughs) writing a bit of text, you know, but writing a book is such a huge personal thing. So, Mm -hmm. plus, I think it's really nice that we'll be sticking to our own styles
0: of writing
2: rather than trying to force ourselves to write as if one person wrote it. Mm
1: -hmm. It definitely dispels some of the notion that co-writing is literally throwing yourselves into the same book and I love this idea of building the world and working sort of individually within that world to bolster its its future success how how are you managing the actual world building are you using particular softwares are you how are you creating the world that you're both going to be writing in
3: we created it last year live on instagram um which is a little bit different (laughs) (laughs) Um, we had a set of 30 prompts and and we literally like I mean we We spoke to each other about it. We didn't just, it wasn't like, you know, one day I was, I was doing history. So I just wrote the history and put it on Instagram and Angeline was like, oh, right. Okay. So that's the history. We we discussed it and we, we wrote down points for everything, but kind of on a, you know, day by day basis and built it up gradually over, you know, that month or so that we were working on it. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, the world is kind of built. Yep. Yeah.
0: If you're looking for the next best thing to invest in, try investing in your long-term health with Forward. Forward is intelligent medicine with a personal touch. Their doctors are dedicated to catching top killers like cancer and heart disease early, which could save you tens of thousands of dollars in the long run. So invest in a doctor that's invested in you. Visit GoForward.com to learn more about how Forward can help you manage your long-term health risks for one flat monthly fee. That's GoForward.com.
1: It's definitely an exciting way to go. Um, I'm going to switch a little bit from the collaborating, the writing fiction, and go a little bit into um, you mentioned earlier the Great Western Woods Well Building Podcast and how that has now become the Unstoppable Author Podcast. Uh, how did that rebrand come about? Um, are you guys sort of happy with how it's going? And yeah, tell us a little bit more about that.
2: Yeah. So as Holly said, I started this podcast ages ago, like like a couple of years ago, maybe um i called it the great western woods because i am a total chronicles of narnia fanatic <laughs> and i before starting my podcast i had watched lots of webinars and read lots of blogs about how to do it and one thing they all said was don't choose like a quirky clever title that sort of like hides what you're actually doing be up front and make your title really clear that it shows what your podcast is about but of course I ignored that and went no I want a quirky title that shows my love of the chronicles of Narnia <laughs> so plus it's also incredibly difficult to say <laughs> yes. so, so basically all of the podcast naming advice I threw it out the window And called it what I wanted to call it. So we started off with it as Great Western Woods World Building Podcast, and that was fine. But yeah, we I can't even whose idea was it? Was it sort of like it was another one of those things? Yeah, because I we'd
3: been we'd been doing a lot of topics that were nothing to do with world building. Mm. And we always had, like ever since we started together last April, we had done a mixture of world building and other stuff. Mm. And it was starting to be the case that it was maybe only one in three episodes or one in four even was about world building. And I was starting to feel like, you know, the title really didn't reflect what we were doing and so we talked about it and then we kind of shelved the idea. We were like, oh, you know, we'll later. We'll, we'll, yes, yes, we should probably rename it, but not now. And then it came up again and I was interviewing Brian Cohen and we knew this interview was coming up and, and it was also coming up to New Year and we were like, do you know what, now might be a really good time to change it. And so we just, it was quite a quick decision once the decision was made it was like right here we go bang 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 and Angeline quickly designed a new logo and by know, accident
2: again yeah <laughs> <laughs> I literally bung two pictures together turned one of them and we were like wow that's yeah. it <laughs> that's the one
1: <laughs> it, is, it is really effective brandy I remember saying to you Holly that I love the mm. the, the new podcast art and everything about it. it definitely screams the message that you you guys are after um yeah. I'm curious how How did you, Holly, approach that subject initially when it came to sort of the idea of um, whether or not you were both looking at that that rebranding stuff obviously you're then having a hand in something that's already got this legacy this um, existence yeah. of what's already been there how How did you go about initiating those conversations and did you have any sort of expectations going in there? Was that quite difficult for you all
3: um no i I was a little bit nervous because you know i I knew it was the name was um, you know, very sentimental to Angeline um, and I didn't know how receptive she was going to be but I think just from the openness of our relationship that we had had all along it wasn't it wasn't too bad I, I kind of knew she would be open to hearing it um, so yeah and I, I, it was just a casual like you know sort of text message just kind of yeah I mean, what do you think about <laughs> renaming should, can should we talk about that And Uh, I was like,
2: like, I've been considering that anyway. Like I said, I'm really flaky, so.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think it's a sign of a good good collaboration, like you say, when you can approach those subjects. And even if there is a little bit of apprehension behind it, you can put forward the ideas that you want to and not worry Mm -hmm. about sort of getting reprimanded. Or even if it is a no, then sort of moving on and and getting over that.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Angeline has been incredibly welcoming mate. Like, in terms of bringing me into what was her you know her creation initially and a number of times you know Angeline has thanked me for for making so you've been her here. Really, yeah yeah I <laughs> didn't want to it, say that
2: yeah, yeah no but it was it was a failed project I had completely stopped recording podcasts and yeah Holly she really is my yin to the yin to my yang you know she's the organized one that makes us actually do what we say we're going to do when we say we're going to do it Can
1: you speak a little bit then to um accountability with collaborations and how how that has helped you become more accountable and and deliver on the things that you say you're going to do
2: yeah Holly's like the accountability queen <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's something I'm
3: I'm really hot on because I know I need it I I'm I'm not that organized by nature really like I if when left to my own devices things tend to not get done and I will procrastinate and you know not not do the things that I tell myself I want to so uh, that was a big part of why I wanted a partner to collaborate with because Mm. I saw how well it worked for other people having that accountability and I was like I think I need that. I think I would accomplish so much more. And I really have. It's been mm-hmm. the most incredible year because we, it works for our, certainly on my part for writing as well. Like, even though we're not, you know, we have our own separate fiction and nonfiction writing going on and as, you know, individual projects, because I have this really strong accountability partner you know I've when I say to Angeline like this is my schedule this is what I've got planned for the year I know I have to stick to it because we've arranged our you know our joint projects with those things in mind so if I flake out on something it throws everything out so Mm. it it really really
2: works. Mm. Yeah absolutely because it really is everything like if we drop the ball on one of our joint projects then it impacts our solo projects Mm -hmm. as well so yeah it's it's just we've we're good for each other aren't we yeah i
1: think so i I definitely geek out about this kind of organization stuff because i'm exactly the same as as you in terms of i i am crap at being organized by myself but i'm good when i have other people that i know are depending Mm -hmm. on me for certain things um how do you guys do you have any particular systems again looking at uh potentially like softwares how do you guys manage your overview of what you've got going on and, and do you guys have i don't know regular meetings how does that look for you
2: um <laughs> it's, it's a bit ad hoc
3: isn't it, it? is a bit yeah we've <laughs> we started out using trello um yeah. and we still well you know dip in and out of it but it's not yeah. as key as it was but in the beginning we put everything on there so if you're not familiar with with the app it's um sort of a a calendar um list making app and you have boards for topics and then you create lists and within those lists you create cards that have individual you know tasks on and checklists and things like that and we set that up and we used that quite a lot didn't we in the early days yeah um, and that helped us kind of get a rhythm going. Like we had a checklist of everything that needed doing for a specific episode. So, you know, it'd be like pick a topic, write a script, record, edit, promote, you know, and we could get each week or each other week as it was at the time, go through that and tick things off. And that helped us form a good routine. But as we've developed over the last year, we don't need it so much because we know what we're doing with mm. that. So, yeah. yeah it's a good
1: way just to form the foundation of where you're going to go and again i'm yeah. i'm very similar to you guys in that i have all the intentions of creating lists and doing all this stuff but then there is a certain point where it's diminishing returns and you actually get bogged down by admin as opposed yeah. to being helped by it
2: yeah definitely
1: yeah um speak to me a little bit about the indie fire writers conference how did that all come about and what is your what's your sort of long-term goals with with this event
2: That was another one of my crazy ideas. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm that person who has the crazy idea and then drags other people along with it. (laughs) Um, So we, I I really like writing conferences. I really like events. Like I say, I accidentally started organizing a sci-fi and fantasy event. (laughs) Um, So I've done events management before, and I've done it before that as well. And it's something I really enjoy doing. And I was just getting. I felt that a lot of the writing conferences at the moment are they're not anti-Indie author but actively not letting us they can be more towards the traditional. Yeah. Hmm. So it's kind of
3: by default. It's not like a malicious. Yeah, yeah,
2: it's not it's not like we don't like indies, it's just like um you know, because it's the traditional publishing world. And so, yeah, I I really wanted to make something that was just for indie authors, just for us. Mm.
1: And so that's the whole premise behind it, is specifically for the independent community.
2: Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. 100%, yeah.
1: fantastic.
2: All of the authors that we have coming are independent authors and are going to be talking about running your own author business. Mm. Yeah.
1: And did you want to, I don't know if you want to just mention a couple of the guests and some of the things that they'll be talking about for anyone that might be listening who is in the UK and could be interested in attending.
3: Yeah, sure. We have the fabulous Sasha Black, uh, who hosts the Rebel Author podcast and uh, writes fantastic nonfiction. And she's a a fantasy fiction author as well. She's going to be running a workshop for us on uh, writing better
2: prose. Um, We've got um we've got all sorts which is great we've got because we've got an editor running a workshop um the lovely Dion Winton Pollock is running a a workshop all about editing and we've even got one um from a cover designer haven't we Shelley Horst is going to be talking about cover designing which is fantastic we've got um Duncan P Bradshaw is going to be talking about um how to write the weird He writes some weird, weird fiction. (laughs) So if you want to write something really bizarre, he's the man.
3: (laughs) And we've got Meg Cowley. She's going to be talking about how to make a
2: living as a writer. Um, And Ken Ken Preston as well is talking about um, how to write fast, even when you don't want to write, which is most of the time.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So what would you say are the main benefits of Taking charge and running your own event because I'm guessing there are a lot of people out there who love the idea of running an event, um, but it might not necessarily be for everyone. So, what are your sort of thoughts behind people who should and shouldn't run an event themselves?
2: <laughs> start small, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you've never done it before, start small. Now, the reason that I felt able to do the first one that I did was because at um i'm i am a regular attendee of the edge lit um writers conference in derby Mm -hmm. and um alex who runs that did a workshop there a couple of years ago that was all about running your own writing events and i went to that and i wrote pages and pages of notes on what he (laughs) said and um that was my basis. So if, yeah, I, I totally advise if you can find a workshop or a webinar or a course or anything about how, go and do that, go and do that before you even think about organising your own event. It's a lot of work and there are so many unknowns. Mm. Yeah.
3: I think you have to be quite tenacious and, you know, able to not take no for an answer. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, I think it's helped that we've been so persistent, you know. Um, yeah, and and I think being in it together as well, being able to share the load, it makes a big difference. There's no way it I could really do does. anything
2: like this on my own. So. No, I, I couldn't, no.
1: <laughs> How do you divide the workload between yourselves? What does that look like?
2: Um, we just kind of... Do
3: we, it. We, <laughs> yeah, I think we don't have a system or anything. But I think we know each other's strengths and weaknesses. So Angeline is brilliant at doing graphics and stuff. So it's just kind of natural for her to just take those tasks on. Mm. Um, And then we just kind of, we look at what needs doing. And, you know, if I, like yesterday, I had some extra child-free time and I was like, what's our priority of this? So I just, I took it and got on with it because I knew I had the time right then and there to do it. So we just kind of do that really. It's kind of ad hoc. Yeah. (laughs)
1: It's perfect. How, because obviously we're in the, the height or what is coming up to the height of a global pandemic in terms of the coronavirus. (laughs) How has that, uh, how are you guys treating that in regards to obviously you're running an event and it might be clear by then, but is that anything that you've consciously got in your mind of hosting a place where there are hundreds of people together in one, in one location?
2: It is very, very much on my mind. Now that London (laughs) book fair has been canceled, Mm. I'm looking at that as well. But I'm very much looking at it from the positive side. I, I'm a glass half full person anyway, but ours is a very small event. We're only selling a hundred tickets. It's a very small, intimate, personal event. And so, yes, absolutely. If huge events get cancelled, we'll still be there. We'll still be running. <laughs> and, you know, we, we haven't... because. I think really the nail in the coffin for London Book Fair was the number of huge companies that were pulling out, Mm. and like we don't have that. We're we're independent. We're all about independent authors, and so we haven't got that worry of like a huge company it being their company policy that they're not doing events this year. And Mm. yeah, fingers crossed. Hopefully, it'll all be over by then. Yeah, like it's already
3: kind of slowing down. I think last you know last Mm. I heard. Yeah, The rate of new cases in China had slowed right down. So, you know, it's still a few months away. So with any luck, touch wood, (laughs) by the 30th of May, it'll be a non-issue anyway.
1: Or Mm. it'll be fantastic inspiration for some of your books. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You speak a lot about um, the independent community. Obviously, you guys are indie authors. I'm an indie author. You're running an event for indie authors. Um, What I want to ask is how... How is it that you're so steadfast in terms of remaining indie? Have you guys ever thought about going traditional? Are you sort of so passionate about independent that this is where you're going to stay?
2: I'm I'm actually officially hybrid author because I've got a lot of stories in anthologies with small presses. I did notice Um, that in
1: some of my research. Yeah, and
2: uh, so I've worked with small presses and I've got a couple of novella ideas in my head that when I actually have the time to write them, I will be approaching independent publishers with them rather than doing it myself. I am a big fan of not having all your eggs in one basket and trying different routes. And I think working with publishers is a really good way to learn you learn so much that you can then apply to your own independent business so I I absolutely love being a hybrid author and that is something that I will continue to pursue whenever I have the chance
0: yeah
3: I mean I'm I'm a bit more like Indian proud um I think everyone has to make their own choices and I'm really glad that you know there are other options out there for other people because indie is not the right route for everybody Mm. and I've certainly had my moments and Angeline knows this where I've been (laughs) like I can't do it anymore it's too hard um there are definitely things about being an indie that I find to be a really big challenge you know the the publishing side of it the marketing is hard and it's not right for everybody and I've considered going with a small press and I I still would consider it but for now, it's it's not really quite on my radar. I'm, I'm really happy to have the control and the freedom that I have being independent. And, and I'm a really strong advocate for that. I think, you know, as, as a woman, as a feminist as well, the fact that women now in the publishing industry can, we can choose ourselves. We don't have to wait to be chosen, I think is a really powerful message. And that's part of my brand. And yeah, I'm, I'm really, I'm a really staunch advocate of that.
1: One final question before we go on to our patron questions, and it's something that uh, I ask every writer that comes on the show: is why do you write? And obviously, take it in to answer that one. <laughs> I, um,
2: in fact, we're both we're both writers who have been writing since we were old enough to hold a pen. I yeah. write because my characters won't shut up. <laughs> like if if I don't write, they keep me awake at night. I actually get it's like itching in my actual fingers. It's, a, it's almost like a physical pain if I don't write. I'm one of those writers, yeah, and my characters just will not leave me alone if I'm not telling their story. <laughs> yeah,
3: I, I just have to write. It's, it's as natural to me as breathing, and whenever I've gone through periods in my life where I haven't been writing, my mental health has really suffered, so I, I have to write. I just have to keep writing. couldn't stop.
1: Fantastic. Okay, over into our Patreon questions now. So these questions have been sent over by the guys over at www.patreon.com forward slash great writers share. And the first question is from Ian Middleton, who asks, question for Angeline, although Holly, feel free to take it if it suits you as well. Uh, Any book recommendations for someone new to dystopian horror?
2: Oh, my goodness. Everything by... (laughs) (laughs) Like, like, I'm very specifically into... um, more like the feminist side so I I do apologize if this is going to be a a little bit feminist Um, yeah yeah. so anything by Margaret Atwood of course um (laughs) yeah um Vox by Christine Doucher like oh my god no book has ever scared me more than that book ever I had to read another funny book alongside it because it is so heavy going and here's a male author for you M.R. Carey like it's yes, more yes yeah. It, yeah we're more de- into like the apocalyptic genre but um, absolutely fantastic I've I, and I was very late to the party I've only just recently read the Hunger Games trilogy but oh my god yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> do you have any recommendations Holly? Uh,
3: no that's that's definitely more Angeline's genre than mine
1: <laughs> so <laughs> um second question how do you reward yourself when you've completed a project
3: chocolate Cake. <laughs>
1: <laughs> food yeah yeah <laughs> and are you guys quite good at uh, rewarding yourself because i know that i personally fail all the time at that the minute i finish something i just go on to the next thing and don't even <laughs> acknowledge that i finished so is that something you guys are, are better at
2: yeah. I'm, a, I'm a huge believer in like celebrating every single milestone like every tiny milestone every time I hit 10,000 words on a project or 20,000 I take a photo of my word count and post it on Instagram and then I have some chocolate it's just (laughs) an excuse to eat lots of chocolate I think yeah what's
1: your what's your chosen chocolate and cake of choice
2: uh lint lint
3: chocolate oh yeah I I'm a I'm a Cadbury's campus girl but i also really love green and blacks just oh Mm. yeah
1: (laughs) and what about cake cake was shouted definitely
3: yeah
2: chocolate yeah chocolate any cake
1: any cake uh what is your top productivity tip or the go-to habit that keeps you on track
3: oh uh, track everything
2: track (laughs) (laughs) that's such a holly answer (laughs)
1: yeah
3: yeah it
2: really is Uh, i (laughs) And what are you going to say? Yeah, my mine would be um don't listen to what everyone else tells you to do. Find your own way. Mm. That's 100%. better. That's a better answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <we're>...
1: And <laughs> you often find that most of the people telling you what to do are saying it because they're not actually doing that thing themselves.
3: Oh yeah, and <laughs> yeah, I'm putting my hand up. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I'm I'm really big on goal setting, and that's that's my that's my thing. And you know, Angelina keeps saying about how organized I am. Um, yeah, I I am, and I aren't. Uh, uh, is that <laughs> correct? Um, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, maybe it's, right, um, it's not
2: like you're a writer <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i
3: Yeah, I I aspire to be organized. I think is the thing, and I, <laughs> you know that there's that you know saying about. Um, teach what you need to learn Mm. I I'm a big advocate of that and I think when you are when you're trying to get better at something being an advocate for it and and talking about it and encouraging others to do it helps you to do it yourself so
1: yeah
2: Mm.
1: nice uh last one favorite place to write
2: my desk I have a lovely, right, <laughs> I I worked in an antique auction house before I started university and fell in love with all the twin pedestal leather top desks. Oh. And... I dreamt of having one of those for years and years and years. And then I, I was made redundant from the job. So with my redundancy check, I bought myself a twin pedestal leather top desk. And it is Beautiful. it I love it more than my husband. <laughs> Don't tell him that. But yes, I have I there's photos all over my Instagram of my desk. I have a bit of a probably unhealthy love affair with it
1: <laughs> <laughs> definitely check that out. i'll try and put a link in the show notes for the uh, pictures for people who are interested um and now we are going over into our quick fire round which i know is much anticipated by you both uh, probably, mm-hmm. probably more so than angeline um <laughs> what i'm going to do is i'm going to fire 10 questions at you as quickly as possible answer them as quickly as possible obviously if you need to stay past that is an option um this might be a little slower than previous rounds because obviously there are two of you uh But I don't know if you guys want to establish an order of who's going to shout out first before we get going.
3: Yeah, Angelina, you go first. (laughs) Oh, great. Holly, it's time to
1: think. (laughs) Okay, you guys ready? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Fantastic. First question, Pennywise or Voldemort?
2: Pennywise. Yeah, Pennywise.
1: What's your favourite TV show of all time?
2: Six Feet Under. Firefly.
1: Preferred sandwich filling of choice?
2: Ooh, ham and cheese. Ham and cucumber. Mm.
1: Boats or planes?
2: Boats, but
1: neither. (laughs) (laughs) Who was the last writer to make you cry?
2: Oh, goodness. Is it really sad to say myself? No. (laughs) Because honestly, it is. (laughs) Yeah? Yeah, Yeah, that's great.
3: (laughs) Um, Mine... I was, I was expecting you to ask him last night to make you laugh, so I'd kind of prepared that. So, um, uh. yeah, no, um, that's Julia Scott. I'm reading her Mirror Souls book now, and I cried last night.
1: Nice. Yeah. Uh, what's the worst film of all time?
2: Oh, um, um, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen or Ooh. Mr. and Mrs. Smith. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm going to go with Razorblade Smile. I don't know that. No, it's
3: it's the worst film in the best possible way. Everyone should watch right. it. Okay. Howl with laughter. Yeah.
1: Ah, what's your favourite kind of cheese?
2: Brie. No, Yolsburg. <laughs> no, everything. Oh, any cheese. Uh, cheddar.
3: I'm just a cheddar person.
1: I'm the same. Uh, dream holiday destination?
2: Prague.
3: Ooh, oh, the Caribbean.
1: What are your proudest works of fiction to date?
2: oh i really love my post-apocalyptic while we were waiting novel but the notary of got street is like my sole project nice mm-hmm. um the what i've just finished
3: writing uh, is a, sh- a set of three short stories they don't have like a unifying title but um <laughs> they are my my proudest achievement
2: so far
1: perfect uh, favorite song
2: um, Breathe Me by Sia. Oh, nice. Um,
3: Somebody to Love by Queen.
1: Oh, classic. And that is 10 questions. One bonus question is where can my listeners find out everything about both of you and what you're working on?
2: Oh my goodness. Well, my, everything for me can be found at angelinetravina.co.uk. Yeah, uh
3: say everything is on my website at
2: hbline.com and together you can find unstoppable authors at unstoppableauthors.com and of course Indie Fire is at indiefire.uk
1: perfect yeah I'll put all the links for everything that you just mentioned into the show notes for anyone that wants to just click on through and get involved and uh, I want to just say thank you very much guys for joining me on the show it's been a blast thanks for having us no worries and thank you everyone for listening and I will see you next week thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Great Writer Share podcast next week I'll be with megastar of horror fiction Jonathan Jans don't forget you can get early access to every episode of the Great Writer Share podcast and the chance to ask upcoming guests any of your questions just by becoming a patron of the show all you need to do is visit www.patreon.com forward slash Great Share and support the show for as little as $1 a month. One more time, that's www.patreon.com forward slash Great Writers Share. Until next time.
0: podcast powers some of the world's best podcasts here's a show we recommend hi
2: i'm jackie johnson the beauty talk shock jock, and i host natch Butte, a podcast that explores the self-care space while laughing yelling singing and keeping things cruelty free oh yeah i gab with celebs makeup artists female indie brand owners, and fellow funny folks about what beauty and self-care mean to them, as well as what's in their bags. Looking good while doing good, we are voting with our wallets, we are buying cruelty-free products, and we are having a goddamn blast laughing with our pals while we do it. That's Natch Butte. This is the Natch Butte pod! Welcome, baby. Listen to Natch
0: Butte on Acast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Acast recommends.